It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Streaming only on Peacock, a new original comedy. Me in a punk band? We are Lady Parts. A confused mix of hash anthems and sour girl power. We puked all over the front row. Ew. We are Lady Parts. All episodes streaming now, only on Peacock. Hello, my name is Dave Hanrady and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 34 of the No Encore Music Podcast. Packed house this week. Craig's back from his holidays. Don't look back in hanger. What's up? That's appropriate. It's a good one, That's isn't it? a good it? one. Because no hanger's n- kind of a word now. There was no nickname last Horribly, week. Horribly, yeah, I know. Um, I thought Cole might do something, but... Nope. No, let the side down. Didn't bother. The streak is over. This isn't on me. It is. <laughs> it's kind of on you. Hey, I, okay, to be fair, yeah, I left my time-keeping duties to one of you to look after when I was on holidays, and that didn't happen. We so handled you know. it okay for one episode. We did fine. Uh, even off the grid, though. <laughs> we did fine. A little bit. Like Nick Stahl in Terminator 3. I hear the guards are on strike, though. They after, are. After we record this, so... Yeah, really? The, the purge begins. Does it start as soon as we exit the studio? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, okay. Crank Grill is going to be out there. Keep the mics on. So that's Craig, that's Cullum, and we're joined this week by Jennifer Gannon of State, of 2FM, of Today FM, of News Talk, and various different outlets. Hello. Hello. Me Hello. and my vagina are thrilled <laughs> to be allowed into your boys' cast. You're tell- <laughs> <laughs> what a, what a, what a round, round of applause. applause yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know how to follow that. My intros aren't that good. <laughs> uh, Jen reviewed Lady Gaga, which we didn't review on the podcast because we're scared of women. So, and also because the first single was dreadful. Uh, as a fan, Jen, your review read quite crestfallen. It was. It was the only time I've ever had to give her a really, really bad review. Of all the times I've reviewed everything she's ever done, from sneezing to shooting fire from her tits, I've loved everything <laughs> that she's done. And I just think this is just a bid to stop all that and to stop being avant-garde and stop being weird and stop being the, the weird kid in school and just to nullify herself and make herself bland to fit in with a lot of bland pop stars these days, which is what's happening. It's all just normcore. 
and it's really depressing to see somebody that is really inventive and has pulled a lot from like the world of even like gay culture, drag culture to, you know, S&M and everything else in between. And to just see that just bland itself out um, under the hands of Mark Ronson, really, and Father John fucking Misty and Beck. And I mean, even though I love Beck, but they just don't know what to do with a pop star. They don't know what to do with a female pop star, especially. And they've just made her sound really disgracefully countrified and boring. And that's the worst thing it can be as a pop star is boring. And do you think this is like a proper, okay, here's my next artistic move. I want to do something different. Or do you think it's kind of like a, a panic situation where she's reading, okay, like it's the diminishing returns in terms of sales maybe? So yeah, it's the same for I everyone, do. But I think she's afraid because art pop just, I mean, there was a lot of things that people were saying it was called art flop and that's, you know, right, that's yeah. the way it was going around. As, but the, the criticism against it. But the thing about art pop was it was their most condensed and the most fun album that she's ever done and the most cohesive album that she's ever done um, we, and I think she got scared because then when things started taking off it, it, people started going well she's kind of you know really in a ghetto on her own right, because yeah. everybody else is embracing the more mainstream side of things and she wasn't and she was going further down the rabbit hole of crazy and you know incorporating the stuff like wandering around in the nip and you know doing concept stuff with um, Marina Abramovich and you know just getting Jeff Koons to design the front cover and a lot of people are just afraid of that and you know it may garner great Guardian think pieces but it didn't translate for her fans yeah was it lacking the big kind of hits I suppose as well it I mean if she had had a smash yeah like there was a great moment where she appeared on X Factor and everybody was terrified she rolled around her seashell bikini fell off when she was doing Venus and then she scrambled onto a piano like dressed like she was you know half mummified and Dermot O'Leary had to hug her at the end and looked really scared to even touch her <laughs> and that's what you want from a pop star you don't want to terrify Dermot O'Leary yeah, I agree yeah. I absolutely <laughs> of that whole sexualized uh, tits and ass pop stars like Pussycat Dolls like uh, anything now we're seeing with Fifth Harmony I mean they have great songs but you couldn't tell one from the other I mean she was the complete opposite of that but now it's like because she went so far she's now gone I'm not going to track back and get those sales again because she was such a big seller she was a massive seller yeah. um, and now I think that's the bid to do that is to become normal and to you know make herself feel like even an elder stateswoman of pop now um, and the way to do that is employ get a load of boys that don't really are scared of pop stars or just have never listened to chart pop music or European pop where she came from real kind of pet shop boys is clever pop music sure and just make her completely normal which is really sad I mean there's one argument though that you'd say that like getting in the likes of Kevin Parker Beck Father John Misty and stuff like that that is the sort of avant-garde move down that rabbit hole in a way isn't it no I mean, it's just it's it's not it's, it should be she should be but like you say that's not something that any other pop star it's is a left doing. turn it's but they of, are yeah. they are kind of slowly doing that because if you look at Rihanna she was working with Kevin Parker as well so I mean she was working with it's it's getting to the stage where you're trying to make a bid for credibility, which is not what you should do with pop music. You shouldn't have to do that. It should be out there. It shouldn't be what all the boys are listening to. It should it should always be a, a niche thing. Like pop music is the home for you know traditionally women and for gay men, and it's there. It's it's that. It's always the expressive side of stuff that's still underground. And I think it's a horrible thing that you're seeing a pop star that was so creative and was so out there wanting to get on mainstream American radio which is really depressing it, it shouldn't be like that she should have gone balls to the wall and, and made art pop too and even more crazy and even more niche but uh, you know I think it's it's at the stage now where she's thinking money wise 
she wants to just cash in. Well, I look forward to not checking out the albums. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it sounds like it's been, it sounds like it's been pretty poor. Uh, one male pop star though who has been kind of in the news lately is Justin Bieber. We'll be talking about him. Didn't get to see his concert this week in the Three Arena. One of two. I'm surprised that I wasn't there. there. Yeah, I, I mean, you're I, constantly talking about the Biebs at this point. You're, you're just holding up there. As, Actually, for, this guy is pretty credible. It wasn't, folks. For, it wasn't for lack of trying. Uh, although I heard it wasn't great, but we'll get to I'm that. Not surprised. I did go to two gigs though over the weekend. I went to Glass Animals in the Olympia, who I'd never heard of beforehand. And Cullen was like, they're fucking great. Yeah, I thought their album earlier this year was fantastic. I don't know why, based on what I saw. Oh, really? It Not a good night? Really? No, no, I had a terrific bank holiday Halloween weekend, just put that <laughs> out there. there. But uh, <laughs> that was uh, not a great gig. Uh, they seem to have, they're like a funk version of Foles. And if that makes sense, and sense it's not great. Yeah. The Olympia was the loudest I've ever heard it in my life. Um, I was in the balcony for the first time ever, and I wasn't pleased because I felt a bit not not vertigo, but I was like, "Is this really? I don't know." Like, I mean, you couldn't see anything, and yeah, it's an odd place to be. Actually, you were yeah. scared, Dave. Come on, I was a little scared. You figure it's going to be the best spot in the house, and it's really not. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, the balcony, yeah. yes." And then I was like, "It's quite steep. <laughs> it's quite steep." And I'm leaning over, and I'm like, "I'm going to fall," and I'm going to be, I'm going to be like, and it remembered horrifically. Uh, across the way, there was some her- terrible, terrible dancing going on by uh, Roz Purcell. So you know, getting her her moves on. To glass animals. Probably have to bleep that out. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't get it. It was like when we saw the Maccabees there, like, they were all right. But the crowd was the loudest thing I've ever heard. This was the loudest thing I've ever heard since there. I've seen Mogwai. I've seen My Bloody Valentine live. And this, the crowd alone were screaming. So everyone enjoyed themselves. Their audience appeared to be made of people who look like they are auditioning for two tube and, you know, or something. So Asymmetrical haircuts and lots of that. Yeah. Lots of that. I felt very old. Um, but yeah, we were only there for an hour because we left to go to a party, which was great. The cab driver on the way to the what party. What a fabulous life you <laughs> the cab driver. <laughs> the cab driver on the way to the party wore one. Cabs and everything. <laughs> no walking for Dave. <laughs> the decadence. Uh, the cab driver wore one fingerless glove, and I was terrified because I was like, well, that's it. That's the end. Yeah. He's going to slip my fucking throat. Or break into song. Turned out he was a lovely, lovely, Jackson, man. Yeah. lovely man who ran six marathons. So if you're listening, I apologize for getting the wrong impression of you. And uh, yeah, nice guy. Following night, we're back in the Olympia for the Galaxy. Um, Dave left coated in more glitter than I've ever seen a straight man wear in my life. Colin wouldn't hug me. Colin wouldn't hug me. No, I was going to get destroyed if I had. It's the practicalities. I yeah. left for a cigarette. I came back, and Dave had somehow convinced someone else in the crowd to convinced. cover him in glitter. He threw glitter on me. You asked. Never be ashamed to be covered in glitter, guys. Yeah, it was great. It's a beautiful, it wonderful until, experience. Until the next day. Yeah, how long did it take to get out? Uh, there's glitter on my stairs. There's glitter in my shower. There's glitter in my bed. And this is your first single, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, that these is are mentioned in the Charlie X. I was about single. to say these glitter are di- these, these are discarded <laughs> lyrics from Charlie XCX. <laughs> his new song we'll be talking about that later on as well the galaxy were great they were they were fantastic yep. I decided to commemorate the night by uh, turning up uh, with my hair done like McPope's <laughs> not your beard though sadly no not like your beard, costume sadly. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't rustle the beard together in like half an hour Colm had a shaving mishap yeah got someone else to do the, the, the tidy bits down the back right. that I can't see and uh, yeah slip of the razor Big ball patch at the back, and so I was like, it's right, it's got all I'm liking it now, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good look for you. It is, I know, yeah. yeah I, you have I a nice shaped head, you can get away with it. The, this is the exact uh, commiseration <laughs> offered by my girlfriend, so yeah, may, maybe you're on to something there. I am. Okay, I'm going to move on, because <laughs> yeah. I, I don't need to discuss your follicles any further. No, uh, let's get to the news. Let's. Important and update. A very quick update, yeah, from a, a I just want the first paragraph. Ago. That's all we need. Well, Robbie Williams, uh, we talked about his new house not so long ago. Uh, he's living next to Jimmy Page. Yeah. Burying the lead here, it. I feel. <laughs> he bought it after 
Uh, the death. Yeah, that's right, Dave. Death yeah. of filmmaker Michael Winner. broken to me on the podcast. Well, I was very upset, but I still am. Well, good news, Dave. <laughs> He's still around. <laughs> Robbie Williams has enlisted a Native American healer to cleanse his new mansion of the spirit of its former owner. Um, the rock star and his wife made the bizarre plan after moving into the house in West London because uh, his wife said she was spooked at the idea of the director watching over her and criticising her interior <laughs> decor. <laughs> it's a bit harsh saying it's a cleansing, isn't it? Poor Michael Winner, like, he's dirty he's, soul on him. It just, gets, it just gets worse and worse for him at this stage. Um, <laughs> we were supposed to review the Rob Williams album on this episode, but unfortunately the agency that was supposed to send it out to me didn't. So You use the word unfortunately. You'd think they'd want to get that out there. there Dave. It could be good. We're going to have a chance to catch it live anyway, but since we are last on, uh, he's confirmed a gig for next June, I think, at the Aviva. Aviva. Yeah. And we have uh, to go, do we? Is this what's <laughs> happening? <a> Uh, I told me this off air. Bow to our Williamsian I saw take overlord. that in Croke Park years ago. They were excellent, but we got a Robbie Williams mini concert in the middle because he, yeah. he was back for that tour. So we got half an hour of him on his own, and I didn't need that. You know? No one does. No, it was too much. He Why did they bring him back? Seriously, for they were money, doing so tickets. well. Yeah, I know. And that album's good. On. That progress album's really good. Principles of Take That are more important. But the principles of uh, <laughs> Paul Hewson, aka Bono, are. Expanding, apparently. Well, they're getting him places now, yeah. He's officially an Onion story and a Parks and Rec storyline. Uh, Glamour magazine has been criticised for naming UT frontman Bono on their annual Women of the Year list. Now, when this news broke, I announced it to a few people who are around me, as I tend to do with these things. <laughs> and one guy was like, oh, so he's like, he, he, he's getting a special award. And I was like, no, 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 he's on the Women of the Year list. And he was like, but he's like, oh, so he's being, no, no, I was, I was like, no, he's on the, he's on, they have one list and he's on it. And he was like, but that doesn't make, I was like, no, I know it doesn't make any sense. So I can't. I still can't make sense of this. It's almost like a publicity stunt. Sure, <laughs> in an not. ailing news, newspaper slash magazine industry. They're just nagging. I mean, it really is. It's just. I mean, it's just the, even the editor that was talking about it, just saying that you know somehow because he's supporting the charity, you know, poverty is sexist, that elevates him above actual women <laughs> who are doing thankless charity work, and just by the virtue of him owning a penis, <laughs> this makes him somehow better than them, and it's just. It's you know when they it's it's like they're actually hexing themselves or just it's it's made this null and void. I mean all awards are null and void. They yeah, are all mm-hmm, ridiculous, yeah, yeah. obviously. But Excuses I mean, if you them. have other people nominated, I mean alongside them, like the three women that set up the Black Lives Matter uh, campaign and also the Stanford uh, rape survivor, I think it just makes a mockery of the whole thing. No, I mean it should be said that you know we have in this week in particular like elevated Glamour's Women of the Year awards to something alongside the Nobel Prize (laughs) in terms of its prestige in fairness Glamour like the Women of the Year it's supposed to shine a light on women that just don't get the credit for the work that they do in these kind of realms and what is the point in having you know Bono gets all the bloody credit and like for Bono to be in this (laughs) it sucks all the oxygen out of that conversation about these women who do this every day I don't disagree I mean to be fair though I can remember the same thing happening last year with Caitlyn Jenner where a lot of people said like that this wasn't an award that's a whole you know, different do you want to go into that do you <laughs> really? I'm sit back and- <laughs> let's get into Caitlyn Jenner well, horrible uh, human being well, no, what I was going to say is that like people said that it was an award that wasn't given on merit I suppose basically and that it kind of took a uh but high profile a, story that is about trying to shine a light on actual transgender issues i i think that was not that was why that got so much press anyway because i mean i think i mean yeah caitlin jenner as a human 
maybe not so much, but <laughs> around the issues of trans, it's, it was good to you know get a spotlight on that in the mainstream media because I can see where they're coming from with that. But Bono, Bono is always bloody getting awards for everything. He, yeah, he's you know, really he good at pretending that he's that, that he's not worthy while also pat himself on the back. Yeah, we should and point case out. in point, Bono, Bono has said he was sure he didn't deserve it. But, which is, yeah. But the battle for gender equality couldn't be won unless men lead it along with women. Bono said he was grateful for the honour and said that men were largely responsible for the problem, so we have to be involved in the solutions. Fair? Yeah. I mean, mean, (laughs) 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 Craig is not pleased about that. I don't know, I am. You're just like, oh. No, I don't know. That sounds okay to me. Are you not all men? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> I'm sure, Craig. I'm sure. Like, I'm just. I'm just. I don't know what else Bono was supposed to say in that instance. Like, uh, I'm not going to accept this. I shouldn't be here. Nominate. Blah blah blah. Well, I That's don't think he's he gone to the done. ceremony, has he? he yeah, didn't but he should. He's, he's in like all the PR pictures. He's in all the press. Oh, is he? Okay, cards. I didn't so he's Obviously, he... just taken on a board where he should say, "Hey, I work with this great woman. Why don't we, you know, have her instead?" But no, he just said, "Hey, man, let's all get involved too." Just, the yeah. press photo is incredible. It's they're, horrendous. They're in a wood, and he's in the middle, and all the other women are bending their knees to be the same. Around what? Yeah. Oh my god! Like, okay, I did not realize this. Oh, it's <laughs> like he's both Darby O'Gill and the Little People. <laughs> it's really dodgy looking, and yeah, as you say, Jen, every single news story is obviously led with this as their headline for obvious reasons because it is clickworthy. And uh, yeah, I mean, as Craig says, publicity stunt probably. But uh, congratulations, he's really he, this is a real feather in his cap. So, you know. <laughs> He'll be delighted with Does that. this mean like he's an honorary woman? Like all those photos of him on like yachts with young girls is grand now because he's just hanging with the girls. <laughs> he can tell his wife <laughs> that. What, it's what photographs like, are these? Oh yeah, check the internet. I think they're <laughs> his daughters though. No, no, I don't think so. I think that was the uproar. But anyway. <laughs> we really should move on. Yes, let's. While we still have a podcast. Uh, Justin Bieber was harassed on Grafton Street before his gig, the night before his first gig, by a quote-unquote fan, who I don't think was a fan at all. Uh, some guy saw him come out of a tanning salon and followed him down the street, filmed him, and kept saying, I'm a, I'm a big fan, would you please talk to me, would you give me an autograph, whatever, I'm going to your gig tonight. Justin Bieber corrected him and said that my gig isn't tonight, uh, thus exposing the lie. If you listen to this guy's tone of voice, it's super silly as fuck. I think he knew what he was doing, I think he wanted to go viral. Sure enough, uh, an, an interview followed in The Independent the next day, in which he claimed to be distraught and was giving away his ticket, and you know, he's never meet your heroes, all this kind of stuff. And yeah, I thought it was gross. I thought it was horrible. It was, yeah. What do you think? I thought Bieber handled it well as well. He was just kind of quiet and polite and walked away and kept walking away. Please stop. Even the security who aren't known for being polite were like, seriously, man, just stop. Well, yeah, this is it. And I mean, like, you have to assume that most of Justin Bieber's fans are going to be, you know, teenagers, if not younger. And so their mom is going to be there to say, no, Keith, stop. The nice man said there's no photos. Unfortunately, Keith, in this case, was about 30. 27. And so, but yeah, and so both, you know, his mom wasn't there to stop him. And he went home and rather than crying into his pillow, cried down the phone to spin 1038. <laughs> um, I, yeah, look, I mean, here's the thing. As far as the bigger picture goes and people kind of like, you know, trying to get photos of celebrities and stuff. It, like, that's just where we are. And I just like, think you can be as rude as you want. Huh? I, think the oh, rude, no. I think the ruder, the better. I think Louis C.K. has a right to say, no, fuck off, go away. I don't want to oh, be in your phone. I thought you meant that somebody should be rude too. No, I think the celebrities <laughs> like, should there be... There are celebrities, Dave. Celebrities <laughs> should be as rude as they like because I think, I mean, with Ireland, you have this stupid notion that, hey, we ignore celebrities or we don't care about famous people. That's we nonsense. are the worst and we will annoy people until they, you know, will get angry. And I think, the, you know, I think you have this 
level where it is like let's just pose for a picture please get in my picture and I think it's just so and it is like people like that who are not even fans they're yeah. not even genuine I mean yeah as you said Justin Bieber fans they're, they're mostly kids and kids are fine and I think but if there's anybody over the age of you know that are old enough to know better and har- that's harassment they should definitely be told to piss off you see, I mean, like, I do have reservations about the idea that, like, you know, yeah, like, photos are kind of out of bounds and shouldn't be done when Bieber charges through the nose for meet and greets and stuff like that. He has very much commodified the idea of getting yeah, a picture with Justin though. Bieber. But yeah, but that you're buying a product that's, like, it. at a specific place and time and that's agreed to. It's, you know, it's... See, sure. the, I mean, also the reason why it's because of tabloid culture, because people sell these pictures or, you know, nightclub pictures or pictures where you may have, you know, a banned substance hanging out of his nose and stuff like that. So you can understand sure, it. They're like, please do not why... take my picture. I want to control this. I'm going to charge you the money. Oh, sure. I can see why they refuse. But, like, I mean, I don't see why people, why you would expect people to, you know, out of the goodness of their hearts, not ask in that case. Yeah, Especially, asking yeah, is well, one thing. But, this guy was... And it's the difference really between a it. picture and video, which it's a yeah. weird thing with smartphones now where everyone's constantly videoing everything. Mm. It's a knee jerk reaction. And they give, but the, it, it feels, I think p- people think it gives them this weird license where they're at some like weird remove because they're behind a camera and they're like, I'm capturing all of this so like I don't have to be a normal, David polite Attenborough. human being. Yeah. 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 It's a very strange thing. It's, it's like kind of road rage where you're behind this glass window and you're not actually interacting with the person as a human being. Like, I don't know. I felt, like I felt you bad said in your article, like, I mean, they don't, they don't owe you anything. Yeah, you know? this is the thing. Um, I wrote an article for Head Stuff called Leave Justin Bieber the Fuck Alone because it seems to be like an increasing thing. And as you say it was that thing where yeah, catchy title tears <laughs> rolling down his face as he hammered at his laptop into the night. Clearly, it was a good article I reference but I uh, no I felt compelled to write it because I just thought this is bullshit and some people are like oh you know well that's what you signed up for and I don't agree with that at all um, I think you it's see I mean I, I must say now and like I've written in the past on this in, from kind of like legal standpoints as well and like what would actually stand up in a court of law in terms of you know what you can reasonably expect people to be paying attention to and like you know you say that is what you signed up for well at some levels it kind of is with some celebrities and what they're doing in different things so for instance i mean one that i remember well was lily allen fighting with the paparazzi for following her when she was just kind of pottering about her daily business i don't really know what she was doing i don't know what da- lily allen does on a daily basis apart from get abused for like by taxi drivers it seems um but it, it was like you can't do like open a clothes shop make a reality tv show about a clothes shop invite vogue in for an exclusive video going through your wardrobe and then be surprised that someone wants to see what you're wearing it's not on a same. tuesday you afternoon don't, you it's not don't the same. know that that's not been the, the millionth time she's been harassed or you don't know what those photographers are saying to her you don't know what the situation oh, was oh, oh listen absolutely know? absolutely so, not no, but no, no, like, no, no it no. is part of her job to you know as you can have your arm in whatever business you want to but like where the business ends and I do understand what you're saying but you're, that's promotional business mm. that's not her just going around Sainsbury's or whatever or picking her kids up from school like there has to be some kind of boundaries and I think you know paparazzi they're just along to themselves but normal people should have a little bit more cop on yeah, and a bit so more respect th- for people there's a weird thing going on with Justin Bieber and his fans in general at the moment he where he hates them he's just he hates tired them. and yeah, they're, they're weirdly tired. on Twitter like to him it's just like just shut up and sing your songs will you there's this weird he's pass- 22 like, as I know. well and he's been doing this since he was 13 he's like the depressed polar bear in Dublin Zoo and he's just <laughs> yeah, walking I'm kind of loving how exasperated like, do you see him on that Manchester gig where he was just like trying to do some ballads and he had to go will everyone just shut up you can 
scream at the end of it, but listen, I just need some quiet right now, all right? He, he needs, needs a break. break. He yeah, needs a break time. before he burns out. And like that GQ interview, you was like Stephen yeah. Dorff's character in somewhere that um, Sophia Coppola film. He just feels it's really empty. It's a really bizarre kind of almost Bright Easton Alex character existence. Yeah, that's that yeah, is yeah. just. I do feel sorry for him as well after that new album, which I think everyone sort of agrees really with. Yeah, but everyone agrees that it's sort of a reinvention. But he's now realised that while he can reinvent himself, he can't reinvent the situation in which he's landed in, Mm -hmm. i.e. having these fans who have been there for quite a while, having new fans join every day. And basically yeah. that, yeah, the, the, the old Bieber, as it were, uh, is still kind of following him around to it's a certain extent. It's the tyranny of the hatred of teenage girls. They make you successful, but then you don't want them anymore. If you look Tell at, me about it. If you look at Blur, <laughs> that's the same thing that Alex James used to always opine about in the Britpop days. And take that, you know, but take that are, are savvy now because they're like a bunch of dads and they're hot dads. And they understand that their, you know, audience grow, will grow with, them so that's what Bieber but what Bieber wants is instantaneous he wants yeah. Kanye's audience now but what he really and he knows what, that he yeah. has to earn it so what, you know what he needs is a child maybe. or a cheese farm is what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> or Precisely, yeah or, I was about to say know. Alex James is really going to be bitten the ass when he gets in reverse now and when Blur touring again is just loads of farmers just <laughs> there. Tory farmers Oi, get back there and make some Chilton mate um it's but, tough you one, know, yeah. he needs to wait. He needs to wait it out. Take a break. And, you know, the the teenage girls that, you know, you can drive all your cars and live in your several mansions with all your top models with, you know, they gave you all that. But they will, you know, they might not be there afterwards, but who will be there? And with the greatest of respect to local businesses as well, don't just visit random, random telling salons on Grafton Street. <laughs> like, am I right? Are you this right? is strange behaviour for a multi-millionaire global superstar. One, one I once saw Victoria Beckham in Miss Selfridge, so come on. like <laughs> She was probably looking to buy it. <laughs> They're just like us, and that's why you should leave them the fuck alone. Exactly. Uh, you know, like, like, honestly, like, uh, uh, Craig, you often get har- harassed on the streets. Yeah. So, well, as know, I'm like, coming out of tanning salons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, give it How up. do I look, by the way? You look excellent. Thank but no, you. yeah, I mean, like, I, yeah, I think that's a good point about the Kanye audience thing, because with that last album, which, while I quite liked it, it did represent a very obvious, like, okay, he's been listening to The Weeknd, he's listening to Kanye West he's working with these people mm. and yeah as you say he wants it now it's tough I mean like if he wants to be an artist of purpose uh, it could come it might happen but I do think that yeah he needs to take some time off but he might not be allowed so. well and the other thing is would, what audience will <laughs> well, still be there he's grown up he's a, he's a fucking brand he's, he's a like, human being Dave there's, there's contracts there's but that's contracts. the thing because they're so afraid that if he goes away for even two seconds everybody will just forget about yeah, him and move yeah, on yeah, and that's true. the thing yeah. possibly um, but yeah we shall move on and one band moving on is Fight Like Apes uh, they've called it a day friends mm. of the show and they released a statement on Facebook that was quite pertinent. I spoke to the struggles of a lot of artists. And, I mean, I'm not going to read out the whole thing. But they acknowledge that they've been quiet for a while and that they have been struggling, that they have day jobs, and that it's getting even harder for an Irish band to make it. Uh, make a kind of stressed, you know, if you're at a gig, buy a T-shirt, buy some merch, go and pay for music. If you have a Deezer or a Spotify subscription for a tenner a month, it doesn't put money in the yeah. band's Or profits. a free Apple Music one that you haven't cancelled yet. How's that going? <laughs> I think it's month number two, but yeah. Oh, excellent! I'll get around to it. Good. Um, um, yeah. So essentially, it's a it's it's a story that we've seen before, and it's a story that many are speculating that we're going to see more of uh, bands folding, kind of left, right, and center, and essentially the marketplace becoming oversaturated. By marketplace, I mean the access that we have to music. Uh, it's a shame. I think they had ten very good years. Uh, they're looking back on it in bittersweet, positive fashion. Mm. Their final gigs are selling out like crazy, as they should. Terrific live band. Yeah, excellent. Live band. Great people. If you so. never caught them live, uh, you missed out, and it's your fault. But yeah. uh, 
good yeah. crew. Uh, good they're crew. always well. Yeah, they've always been on my list uh, alongside Wallace Bird and a few of the others. I've mentioned this before on my uh, people who always get props for coming on a college radio show. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Sign of a good person that takes time to do that. And can uh, we have a bad person who didn't do it? Pardon me. Can we name a few bad people who didn't? Uh, you know what? I must say, actually, we can bleep it I, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, fuck him. <laughs> the late Sir Richard Attenborough. <laughs> the late Michael Winner. Yeah. Um, he was there, though, in spirit. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, Fight Like Apes came in and played in studio, actually. Wow. Stink in a book fast, 11 a.m. That's what you want. Crack. It's kind of pop rock as you crack. want. It is indeed. Um, yeah. Let's move on to some of the songs of the week. We shall. Are we going to go random order here, or... Let's go random, I think. Let's. Okay, uh, Jen, as our guest, you can pick the first number. Well, I have to pick Charlie XCX. Okay, it's not a number, but we'll go with it. I'm sorry. <laughs> number one. It's the number Charlie XCX. The, num- the best number. Okay, this is Charlie XCX. We're gonna keep it going. We're gonna rip it out. The neighbors might complain. Cause after the after So, Charlie XCX featuring Lil Yachty. Lil Yachty was, has been on the show before, yeah, as indeed. of course. As, the as a arch- guest. As, as a guest, <laughs> sadly. Uh, as the architect of a song with Kylie Jenner on it, which was difficult to listen to. Jordan. Uh, Jordan. I've never been on a song before, Jordan. Jordan. Uh, yeah, it was awful. So, uh, we have a Charlie XCX fan on one side of the table and I think a dissenter on the other. Where should we start, Craig? Um, I was a fan. Well, I was referring to Jen as the fan. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Do you want to jump in there? Craig, yeah. sorry. Let's you start can, with a fan. Let's no, start with a fan. Ahead. Go ahead. Um, I love her. Of course I'm going to love her. I love her. Um, I think, you know, even she just, she can't stop herself from writing these songs with about three or four hooks in them. I mean, she even had a song on the Angry Birds soundtrack called Explode, which is one of the songs of the year which was kind of ignored completely because it was on the Angry Birds soundtrack. Um, And she just is this perfect mix of Shampoo, Bow Wow Wow, uh, The Flying Lizards. And I think, you know, for someone who is so prolific she hasn't really reached the dizzy heights that she possibly should have and this is a very commercialized i think she does well when she's collaborating with people yeah, like you yeah. know a kind of pop etc um <laughs> uh, rita <laughs> aura um, but uh she does well on that side of things and she's a really good songwriter for other people but i think on her own i don't know why this hasn't connected more with people and maybe this might push her through because it's just one of these uh, you know total party songs which is fine it's not the most interesting or challenging things she's ever done and I think you know album wise Sucker was nigh on flawless and there were songs in there that you know One Direction would should have taken on board and she wrote a couple of them for them and they were rejected and I can't understand why either but I'm just thinking her next move she did like a kind of a weird EP yeah, as well yeah I wasn't, wasn't really into that I like that she's branching off and doing odd things, things and yeah. you know I think whatever she'll settle on she'll make it she'll try and make it work and I think this is you know pretty much flawless pop Oh, it's me now, Davis. Yeah, it's your turn. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm kind of on the fence on this one. Um, no, I, I was kind of a fan of a lot of her earlier work. I can't believe I just said that. Oh, <laughs> but it, is, it has here. been interesting to me how she hasn't broken through on her own as a bona fide star. And with a song like this, yeah, it has all the hooks in the right places. It's kind of oddly sedate for the subject matter, I think. It kind of, but it, it works that way. It's quite kind of the point. It's pleasant, yeah, I, I, it's I, I, nice, I, I like it. it. 
Um, but I just feel like this won't be a big hit either. There's something yeah. preventing her from breaking through, and I'm not sure what it is. Neither but it I. doesn't feel like this song is the one to do I thought it. Sucker was great, and I was surprised that it didn't lead to a bigger kind of platform for her. Uh, when I first heard this, I hated it. I thought it was absolutely rubbish. I thought it was really annoying. It irritated the fuck out of me. And I kind of just threw it to one side immediately in this, you know, uh, Spotify wasteland that we live in now. I was like, I'm done with that. And then <clears throat> when it became apparent that we were going to do it for the show, I was like, okay, let's go back in. And I can get it out of my head, and I really like it. I think that there actually is... Um, I mean, like, she's not subtle. That's kind of her thing. There's not a lot of substance here, but that's fine. But it's knowingly like that, though. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's done yeah. with a wink. And th- she's very good at that. And I do find the kind of the melody in it, which is almost designed to piss you off and almost, and definitely designed to kind of bounce into your head and you can't get rid of it. It won me over. It absolutely won me over. It's a grower. I really like it. It's not going to be my songs of the year list or anything, but uh, I'm on board. One man who is not on board... Is Colm O'Regan. In the strange labyrinth and maze of pop culture in my head, I sometimes lie awake at night and wonder, whatever happened to Rebecca Black? And I think we got our answer. This is Friday part three after the after party. That's what this is. It is dire. I mean, you said the hooks are where they're meant to be. And yes, though they were laid out by a computer program. But that's how good she is. See, she makes it perfect. Computers are the future, Colm. Yeah, but like, did was like Westworld? But was Friday perfect? <laughs> kind of was. I mean, in a way, in a, a bizarre way, yeah. Friday I mean, was like, kind of perfect. I'll, I'll say there, like, there is some sort of merit to constructing a song like that. But in terms of anything interesting, in terms of anything absorbing, I, I just got, I got nothing from this. It was funny. I read a quote from Charlie XCX pretty much the day before this song was released, where she'd said that she might release her new album if she gets bored. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know, for me, that would just be sharing the burden. We'd both be bored in that case. Jesus. This, yeah, this does nothing for me. I will say Not Little impressed. Yachty just shouldn't be there. He really. shouldn't, yeah. yeah I'd like yeah. to mix without him. Yeah, yeah just tacked yeah. on. I don't get him. I, no, I I'm starting to not get these weird just rap features for no apparent no reason. reason. It's yeah, just yeah, totally yeah. just we have to include this 20 yeah, seconds Rebecca of nothing. Black, lads. <laughs> we said before that the featured artist is kind of becoming devalued sometimes. I mean, it still has the ability to be amazing, but it's almost suspicious. It's almost like, well, I know why that's there. That is, it, it, I always come back to like Jesse J featuring Ariana Grande featuring Nicki Minaj on Bang Bang, her desperate song to break America. And, you know, Jesus, read the interview that Jesse J did with the Daily Mail around that time. It's fucking hilarious. I always uh, come back to They don't appreciate me in Britain. I always they come do back in America. No, they a don't. wonderful no, they don't. Con- Australia either <laughs> so. you're running out of confidence uh, there's a wonderful conversation with Tony Fenton the late great Tony Fenton okay, you, who you, was you, you, you got Tony Fenton impression don't you what's that do you have an impression of Tony Fenton uh, not much Go I on. think everyone does at some level you but yeah it was, it was Tony Fenton was asked to his favourite like artist at the time was especially someone new someone that people mightn't pay attention to a lot and he said featuring <laughs> and so sorry as in like you know maybe there's some new underground band he's like yeah all those songs you know featuring this featuring that all crackers yes yeah, so. <laughs> okay well look we'll move on uh, there are four songs left pick a number Craig uh, number three please Dave alright uh, this is going to be a good one because you had some difficulty getting into Skepta's album earlier this year mm-hmm. this is Section Boys with Skepta it's called Hashtag Worst my G's are the worst three, fuck what you heard my G's are the worst kiss me that's a curse
Okay, so Kanichiwa, uh, Mercury Prize nomination. Oh no, hang on, won, didn't he? One, yeah, one, yeah. Sorry, I yeah. never fucking remember who wins winner. those things. Winner, Mercury Prize winner. I apologize, Skepta. Um, he's gonna kill he's you. He's gonna. I'm dead. It's over. Uh, Grime. How you feeling about Grime now, Craig? Yeah, I'm still not getting into it to be honest. This was doing nothing white. for me. You're a white man from Dublin. <laughs> <I'd be>. I, <laughs> I don't possibly. think this is the greatest advertisement for it to be honest. It's not. This no. is plodding. No, this is plodding. Um, I mean, hashtag worst. You're onto a loser already, aren't you? It's like Jack Reacher never go back. You know that reviews itself. I saw it by the way. Yeah, <gasps> you saw that bit where he smashes his fist through the window to just, punch another guy out. It's amazing, just there's, like McBain wanted. But there's one they do actually get around it. Because I saw, I, I saw you tweet it out. He, they, they, what you don't see in that trailer is he has a salt shaker nestled in his fist. It's still ridiculous. It's amazingly ridiculous, and I actually just go see the film just for that bit. Yeah, it's not great. And I like Tom Cruise, and I like Jack Reacher, but the first one, not the books, because they're terrible. But yeah, it wasn't great. But anyway, back so to my it. issues with grime <laughs> as a genre. Um, no, yeah, I, I definitely don't think this is a good advertisement. No, there was a lot of stuff on Kanichiwa that kind of worked for me. Um, but I just, as a whole record, it was kind of very grating. And do you ever mess around with like logic or something like that, and just kind yeah. of the synths and that bits and bobs deep, like that? <laughs> when, do, when do you do this? I do this occasionally. I've never heard this. Well, I do this occasionally. Years. Every kind of, especially the hooks on this are not the hooks, but the the synths on this, the bass synths are like the worst presets on Logic that you always skip because they're obnoxious. So it's like a ting ting, yeah. and I just can't get past it. Remember I just can't get past it. Remember ting tings had a song called Great DJ, which was a loop. They had a loop that, like, if you're testing out Apple's new Garage Band thing, it's just like press this button, and that's what they used. Yeah. It sounded, it sounded like that to me. So, yeah, no, there was no way. In. It's not a good tune. To be perfectly honest, I think that if Skepta's name wasn't involved here, you could probably just write it off completely without even. Yeah, and he's trying to make listen. them be a thing, as has Drake apparently. So yeah. we can't wait for that new Drake LP in like about a year. That's going to sound entirely like Grime because that's what he does. Um, yeah, not great. And funny coming back to uh, something that we mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, yeah, the, the the song and the video mentions the purge. And uh, it appears as though they've celebrated the purge by sitting on a bus. <laughs> Good, clean fun. No one got hurt. Good uh, London lads. Jen, what do you think of this? Uh, it's fine. I mean, I don't really... The only Konnichiwa in my life is Robin's Konnichiwa, the superior one. But, um, obviously. But it's fine. It's not, you know, I don't really think it's for me, but it's not against me either. So yeah, yeah. I'm fine with it. It's um, fine. I, I, it's I, I, just... I, it's nothing... It's not too heavy like it's not but even the video I think they could have just taken it further if they wanted it kind of just looks like a bad ill manners version mm-hmm. of ill manners which yeah. you don't want to be doing if you're supposed to be cutting edge crimes dudes <laughs> I don't think that's what you want to be yeah, it's fine. Like. It's plotting. It's it's the, it's the weakest song in the bunch, I think, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's a good <laughs> that's a good point. I mean, there's nothing cutting edge about this. It sounds quite dated, which yeah. is where it does sound yeah. very dated. Yeah. Um. So we'll move on. Craig, a number. Oh, okay, a number two. Let's get All up to date. Right. Let's do this. Let's get up to date with Papa Roach. <laughs> Crooked Teeth by Papa Roach. That's the Papa Roach song in 2016. And yeah, uh, I didn't quite believe Colin when he said that that was a thing. Listen, it is. You know what? I, I, like, I've done my research here. All right. Uh, Papa Roach released an album last year. 
released an album three years before that, two years before that, one year before that, and three years before that again. Papa Roach have had five albums in the past decade. And it's this still is, this is from Jacobi a forthcoming six. They're still knocking it out. They're still that <laughs> yeah. level. Still the same. <laughs> it's music that should be much better by people who should know much better for fans who deserve exactly what they get if they're still listening to Papa Roach in 2016. Should they know much better? I don't, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're still masturbating in their mom's basement, so I mean... Dave, did you own their debut record yes, when it came out? Yes, I yeah, did, in a steel case. I bought their first two <laughs> albums. Uh, it's a re- Regular listeners will know that I tend to get shamed for my teenage CD collection, and rightly so in many cases. And Papa Roach, yeah, I bought Infest, I bought uh, Love, Hate, Tragedy, which was the better record, and has an amazing cover of Pixies Gouge Away on it. Okay. But they didn't write that song. No, Pixies did. Pixies did. So, yeah, this is a Papa Roach song, and it's not great. Uh, every now and then, they will unleash a hilariously bad gem, which is so bad it's good, like Be Free, which starts off with the lyrics, woke up and I felt like shit. Um, I had the bottle when I got off stage. Uh, all, all this kind of stuff. Like like, like 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 a pink song. I love that you remember this. Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't. I, I actually fucked <laughs> with the lyrics. tattooed on your it's, soul. It's not tattooed. Oh, yeah, on oh, my soul, perhaps, yeah. Um, However, before we write... Band. Before we write Papa Roach off completely, uh, they are crowdfunding this album, or pledge musicing it, really? whatever you want to use. Okay. Yep. And one of the offers is $1,000 for a game of bubble soccer with Papa Roach and oh, then a barbecue afterwards. That's adorable. Yeah, so basically, Alan, if all those internet dollars start rolling in from Headstuff Advertising, that is what we want as our present. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else I can say about Papa Roach. It's a Papa Roach song. I mean, I, I, like, if they were coming back, you could at least say they're no shitter than when they left. You sure. would be like, they've really done their back catalogue a disservice. So they just seem to be trundling along. They're probably like, Alien Ant Firm played in like the Voodoo Lounge a couple All weeks ago. Yeah. Stop. I saw one, one of the, one. there? No, I just said, I'll add stop. All right. Yeah. It's all disgraceful. saw one of them <laughs> got all charged with assault music. for a gig in the UK. Alien Ant Firm? Um, yeah. So. Well, hang on, he was charged because he put on a gig that was deemed assault? No, he? no, no. I okay. think he assaulted somebody during our ass. Is he gig. a smooth criminal? or? Boom, boom. Oh. <laughs> Let's move on. We didn't work on that beforehand. <laughs> well, uh, we were, we were going to do a Taylor Hawkins song instead, but uh, we didn't. We did no. the Papa Roach, which covers our terrible rock quota of the week. So we'll move on. We've got two songs left, and we'll go with a similarly charged song and a much better one. This is Japan Droids with Near to the Wild Heart of Life. Japan Droids, Craig Fitzpatrick. Big fan, yeah. Um, Celebration Rock is one of my favourite records, I think. The more and more I listen to it and think about it. Uh, it's been four years, and they come back sounding exactly like you'd expect. Like, this yeah. is the most Japan Droids song I've maybe ever heard. It's weirdly kind of folky in the melody. It could be like some old school, like Woody Guthrie number. It's oh, well, a very it, it, kind of like. I think it definitely has the sort of like Springsteen style, yeah, you know, American road song or something like that. Well, it does have that thing, all right. I yeah, thought it was like a good gaslight anthem song. Oh my god! Exactly, exactly what, what I've what got I written thought. down here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Except yeah. for like, I they're dreadful. Wait, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I they mean, got, that's worrying, right? Well, yeah, I, 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 yeah, that's exactly what I said. Even though that sounds like a diss, it's really not. It, it, it's kind of like. Gaslight Anthem at their very best. This this is what Gaslight Anthem wanted to sound like. Did I ever tell you about the time I interviewed Brian Fallon? 
of the Gaslight Anthem. He had a new project. It was with his drum tech. It was called The Horrible Crows. And one of my, it was a phoner. So one of my questions written down was, you know, the question four was going to be like, um, you know, a lot of bands, or a lot of people, when they do a big departure, like, you know, like they look to be something totally different with the side project, but not you. It was like, you know, this is like very similar to Gaslight Anthem. And literally before I got to the question, he was like, and of course, you know, this new project is a real departure. And I'm just like, scratch that out. Yeah. Ask that question. <laughs> and I was like, this album's a little bit, you know, you know, are you ready to be called misogynistic? I feel like it might happen. And he yeah. was like, he goes, well, you know, it's called Elsie and there's a character called Elsie and we're blaming her for everything. I was like, yeah, that's kind of why I asked the question. And then he was like, well, you know, talk to my wife. We can talk to his wife now, but she's not his wife anymore. <laughs> I feel like I was prescient there. I warned him. Jesus. I fucking warned him. But As for- side projects shouldn't be different I don't think you don't think way. so like I love the way Deer Hunter and Atlas Sound are almost interchangeable and I think that's fine because it's the same person in the same band I guess you know um, yeah I, I didn't fare really when it's not just a carbon copy though I, I think in, in the Gaslight Anthem the Horrible Crows thing almost in like the same band oh, like, that's like completely two terrible names for bands they should just Crows. not yeah. and Gaslight Anthem that's they should put <laughs> band from like making bands with those names but just in terms of names is by Japan the way, Android's had- a good name no I always keep thinking <laughs> there okay. should be more ands in it, like it's Japan and Andran. Like, like, like Dan and Dan and If we're going to talk about good names, though, uh, their drummer, and I didn't know this until this week, their drummer is named uh, David Prowse. Oh, like oh, yeah, Darth yes. Vader? Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, he was the guy who was the body, but not voice, of Darth Vader. They should, well, the lead singer should call himself James Earl Jones, obviously. Like, <laughs> count this really? Anyway, um, with this track, I'm hoping... Yeah, I like whole, this track, but... Yeah, I like it too, but I'm hoping the record doesn't seem like more of the same. Because yeah. Celebration Rock was such, just such a great encapsulation of that kind of, you know, that feeling, and everything is just like, all right, yeah, and big yes. But they're kind of just you know, pulling those moves again on this one. And while I like it, I, I don't know if I need another album of all that. Sure, well, that is the title track of the record to say January 27th. So, uh, yeah, I guess we look forward to that. Good, I'm glad it's out next fucking year because there's been so many albums this year and I want to start compiling my lists. Uh, <laughs> <so> I'm selfish. <laughs> Final song that we're going to give a spin to tonight is a new one from Saint Sister. Uh, they've got a couple of dates left in their nationwide tour by the time this l- podcast lands. Uh, this new one is called Tin Man. Yeah, Christchurch Cathedral this weekend here in Dublin. Saint Sister, that's a new one, Tin Man. Uh, Dave, I know you saw them live. I did. And you liked what you saw. I was very blown away. I thought they were great. I saw them hard working class heroes a year ago. And I saw a couple of bands that night that, that really kind of took my breath away. They were one of them. Uh, Atmosphoke Duo, as they kind of... I'm not sure if they call themselves no, I think this. it is them, yeah. Okay. Cause I feel there like was a misprint in like Hot Press at one point. There and often it is. Said, yeah, it said <laughs> Atoms Folk, which I thought was way cooler. Hey, and I was like, I have to check out Atoms Folk, but no, it was just Atoms Folk. <laughs> Or um, some space restaurant <laughs> called <yeah>. Atmosphore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, like they have a very beguiling sound. I'm sure it's another word that seems to follow them around. Mm. And very good when you catch them live in an intimate setting like there or at Body and Soul this year, actually, where in the lashings of rain, people still turned out for them. 
Uh, they kind of keep it simple, and I think that's the, that's part of their charm. Uh, I quite like them. I quite like this. It doesn't really go anywhere because it doesn't need to. Their yeah. songs are all about atmosphere, and they're, they they kind of balance it out so well. They complement each other very, very well vocally as well, and they're just their songs are kind of like nice little short stories. And this is definitely one of their better ones. Yeah, I agree. You know, there's a sense of restraint here. You feel as though it could slip into that Regina Spector quirk fest rabbit hole, and it never does. Yeah, it's um, it's almost like the stuff they that. leave out. It's kind of quite sparse. And yeah, again, yeah, it's just play. when the vocals dip in and out and that kind of interplay that really sells the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of stops suddenly and you're like, yeah, cool, yeah, grand. Yeah, you Didn't enjoy the ride minute. kind of, yeah. I think they need somebody, like a music supervisor, just to nab them for some American show or some Netflix show because it sounds like mm. one of those songs that would be on like one of those kind of dramas you know, those prestige dramas about a woman in crisis in her 40s. Um, and I think, I you know, that's not a bad thing. They remind me of a little bit of First Aid Kit. Um, yeah, very much so. And that's fine. I, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's, it's a nice little song, I guess. I just, I, I don't know how long that's going to last or, you know, you want to branch out a bit or do something a little bit different and, you know, to mark your territory in case you get lost. Yeah, I, f- I feel as there was a little bit more longevity than that though, because First Aid Kit, Kit, even though I like them, they trade on that sort of twee sound. Mm. Yep. And yeah, that definitely yeah. has shelf life. Yeah. Whereas this, yeah, it's a bit more interesting. And uh, yeah, like, I mean, we're still waiting for a first album from Saint Sister uh, that is due sometime next year. As I far saw as I First Aid Kit in the Workman's years ago, and I think they brought their support act out to help them with a song. And they announced that the support act just got engaged to her boyfriend, and the crowd booed. Yeah, good. Boom. <laughs> that they Boo just love. bought some gorgeous Swedish one that all the lads were pissed off about or something, is it? I don't know what, 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 what why it happened, but it was very strange. It was just like, they were like, this is a nice moment. People were just like, Boo. I was like, what the fuck? Wow. Love is horrendous. Burn them. It's the land of a thousand welcomes. So. Okay, uh, let's move on. We're not going to do an album review this week because we didn't have Robert Williams and we were too behind and everything Something else. more important came up, and Something more important came along. Something more important came along in England in the early 90s. Yeah. Am I right? To between us, we thought at the time. To get rid of Sting and Phil Collins, apparently, was part of the, this band's mission statement. Decapitate uh, them, in fact. Yeah, yeah look, we'll, we'll get to it. Oasis, rumours, fresh rumours of a rumour that won't fuck off and a band that also might not uh, fuck off. Oasis might be back in the future. Uh, one of the reasons why is because they have a new documentary. It's called Supersonic. It's two hours and five minutes long. And it kind of doesn't even go into the entire story but it goes into a pivotal moment from the story their rise and their kind of culminating in their two shows at Networth was it? Yeah. yeah two Cut it on seven Dave Cut it on Could seven still be know. playing there uh, The director is Matt Whitecross I guess we'll have a listen to some Oasis to lead this in traditionally I need to be Yeah, there's probably not need for too much here. <laughs> we kind of know what Oasis sound like, and I guess that's sort of the point mm. of this whole documentary, isn't it? It's the rise to ubiquity, and uh, maybe, yeah, yeah it's and sort of, you know, pretty unique place in British music in the past 20 years. And as Dave says, I mean, it doesn't touch on the whole story, but I think maybe you can allow that with Oasis because the Britpop thing with Blur has been done so much to death. Yeah. And we've like for since they've broken up but even five years prior ten years prior there was such a kind of tabloid feature a feature of enemy constantly 
arguing in the press. We know the entire story. So I think it makes sense to just kind of bookend it with, yeah, the unlikely lads kind of and the rise to, at the time, the biggest gigs in British history. What- think that though I mean I know you're emailing me this week saying oh you know you have to spend two hours with the Gallagher Brothers I actually want to spend two hours with the Gallagher Brothers I want to spend two hours in the pub with the two of them with Liam doing his weird cosmic bullshit but also Crosswick he will punch you in the face and I think that's what you know we forget you do forget and there's a lot of misty eyed romanticism in this it's kind of like the Shane Meadows Stone Roses one where it Mm -hmm. is just a hagiography and that's what you get when both of them uh, the brothers are exactly producers you're not going to get the only thing you get is that Tony McCarroll was severely bullied and he should have been because he couldn't fucking play the drums <laughs> I mean I remember the evening session Joe Wiley and Steve Lamack they had the Chemical Brothers on uh, at the height of like just before Definitely Maybe came out and they did this thing where they were going to remix the end of the show and they couldn't mix Live Forever into anything because it was off and that would just proved how bad a drummer he was so fair enough he deserved it they could have just sacked him though they didn't have to bully him horrendously the, for months the thing about Oasis that you forget and it is refreshing because you're coming off the back of in the music press at the time it was so boring it was you know shoegazy it was people so bloody polite and they didn't want to offend anyone and the only people that you had that really outspoken were the Manics, but the Manics did it on a different level. They were the people that were bullied, whereas Oasis came along and they were the bullies. Yeah. And it was interesting to see how the music press reacted at that time and the journalists reacted by being terrified because <laughs> they were just middle class white boys and they didn't know what to do with these lads from a council estate that just would actually go for it and say, you know, and you forget how refreshing that was. And it was a period in time, but it was... That model is not around anymore. Mm. When Noel Gallagher is saying there's no kids from council estates anymore that can be this successful, it's hard to actually believe that in 20 years that the music business has changed so much, the landscape has changed, that they managed to do that within two years. That would never happen these days. And that's kind of an important message in it that has changed so massively. And it's not only the fact that, you know, they kind of achieved that success in two years, but I guess the fact that, you know, we didn't have the window into it as we do now. The closest equivalent that I could think of was sort of, you know, the first album from the Arctic Monkeys, which was seen by many people as being sort of, you know, a throwback album towards that sort of definitely maybe, you know, kind of punk indie almost, if you will. Mm. Um, But of course, the thing is that the Arctic Monkeys were bootlegged to death online and, you know, was subject to that sort of hype machine that's going to surround any band like that now. The, The idea of piling into the back of a van and, you know, going to whatever it was Glasgow they went to yeah. and landed their record deal, then piling back into the van and sort of, you know, re-emerging with an album pretty much a couple of months later. Yeah, that just doesn't happen anymore. And there's um, no risk takers like Alan McGee anymore and there's no labels like Creation anymore where you can be as you know inventive as you want and waste a load of money or spend a load mm. of money on drugs like there would be no super free animals there would be no my, my bloody valentine without stuff like creation without a record company like that and I think that's a it's a loss but it's also just it's a real moment in time documentary because it all just disseminated so quickly like the music press is nothing now mm-hmm. like the enemy is a free sheet and it's just full of listicles yeah. whereas there used to be absolutely amazing writers and if you didn't like the way Britpop was going with the whole nationalism and it was disgusting like it, it descended into this whole pump and uh, disgraceful flag waving there was people within the music press like Neil Kirkcarney that were actually waving the flag against it because you forget at the height of those Oasis like network gigs DJ Shadow was released and introducing and Neil Kirkcarney was the man that was rallying against all that white-faced guitar music um, and that's, that should be a documentary in itself, I think. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I would jump in there, though, and say that, you know, while it did turn into sort of, you know, flag-waving Britpop, it, 
it was also the antithesis of the sort of middle-class Tory flag-waving of sort of the previous 15, 16 years or something like that. In what way, though? And what, which... Because, like, I think... It, it it got pretty conservative because it was revisionism. It was all like the Beatles and the Stones and it wasn't... Yeah. I mean, Suede were inventive with their, like, you know, revisionism because they were Bowie and they were talking about having sex in the back of cars and stuff um, and, you know, talking about gay sex in the back of cars which was just unheard of at that time which was so weird and being on the chart show doing it and slapping their asses with, like, mic stands with, like... My cords, not night stands, would be really hard. But uh, I just don't, I think with Oasis, it got to the stage where, even though I loved them at the beginning, it got to the stage where music was being taken like football. It was being raided like football teams and football scores. And that was disappointing. And that's the way that Britpop went. And there was nary a, a woman or an, a non white face to be found in it as well. It, yeah, as you say, it was amazing the kind of meteoric rise. I mean, it, this is such a short time period. Yeah. Like, I remember just kind of getting into music around 2000, 2001, and already it seemed like Oasis had been around forever. And they were still like in their 20s. Well, Noel was in his early ter- to mid 30s. They just seemed like the kind of veterans of the scene. But then it fizzled out so quickly. And I, I know we talk about this film being, you know, very self aggrandizing. Obviously, they've been executive producers, so you're not really going to get a lot of stuff. But actually, what works is the brothers have this weird thing where, within the same sentence, they will say, We're the greatest band in the world until we wrote all those terrible songs for five years. Like, they're actually very good at undercutting their. Like, at one, there's, there's one kind of clip. And actually, this film is great because they had way more footage than I assumed they would. Like, I was surprised how on the ball they were they? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. From very early on, they were filming pretty much everything but there's a great scene where there's an arm wrestle between the two of them I think Noel wins and Liam just goes yeah but it's actually what's inside the tin of beans that counts yeah. and he just completely rather than going to like a, a mental strop he just becomes really surreal I and don't funny. know and if like, this is a great documentary and I think the problem yeah, lies it's not with, a great documentary. as Jen alluded to I, I believe uh, Azif Kapita was involved who made Senna and Amy yeah he was another executive it's the same producer. style where you don't see them like their, their talking heads are, are audio you don't yeah. see them like there's not a camera in front of them like that recent De Palma movie which is great by the way um, and I think Senna gets a lot of praise and rightly so for some reasons but also it's a tribute I think it's less oh, of a yeah. documentary more of a tribute mm-hmm. I think this is less of a documentary more of a tribute I think Amy's more of a documentary than a tribute I think it's both uh, and this I, by the end of this my patience had run out in as much as I was like because I mean you were saying you'd like to hang out with them in a pub that's my idea of fucking hell the idea really? Of, really? The, the they're idea hilarious so no man I, 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 I'd be gone I, I could not hang out with these people why? because it's, it's too much because they're all like you know like they're just they're, they're too it's too boorish it's too laddish it's too like you know I, I really I, I found myself going if I was if I was stuck on tour with this band I'd, if I was in this band, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be out of this band. But you noticed that with, uh, like, they've all fell like flies. Like, that was halfway <laughs> yeah. through. Everyone's like, well, then they left. And, like, the Scott McLeod guy that just, like, he's in the video for Wonderwall. And yeah, he was yeah. only on, like, two nights. He was like, I miss me bird. Uh, and they were like, how horrible are we? It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, look at I yourself. Was, I, was, I, was I was about to say I'd be so. right there with him. I'd be gone. Yeah, but even then, like, I mean, the band, at least in retrospect now, they have, they are talking about people leaving the band and just going, yeah. yeah, I can see why. And also, <laughs> by, by all accounts, Noel Gallagher is like a really sweet, intelligent yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, some of the the best stuff is kind of around their parents, I think. Certainly Peggy the mother seems like an She's absolute brilliant. saint. She's absolutely brilliant. And yeah. when she talks about Noel being the shy, kind of introverted guy and who's more of the dreamer, 
you kind of you get glimpses of that kind of stuff and then the stuff around how dreadful their father was mm-hmm. you suddenly realise why Liam put on such a big front I guess sure. so there's moments where you kind of get some story but for the mo- most part it's just kind of yep champagne supernova all the way can we talk about Liam wearing what appears to be a straight jacket to Nebworth oh no I think <laughs> it's, it's his like, walk giant shirt it's just a weird safari <laughs> thing that looks like something that you know his mom or Rod Stewart would have worn in it's the like 70s Tom and his hair is terrible in, in Interview with the Vampire like it's, it's, it's amazing and, I was like, and also like, okay he's got the best walk of all time does I he love though? that walk oh, it's so hilarious what about his hair because yeah, the change is cool. he was like a matinee idol did you fancy idol. him yes do you and fancy in those him? early days he really was he was absolutely stunning looking and there's nothing you can like there's no way around that and I think in the Sylvia <laughs> Patterson book uh, I'm Not With The Band which is essential read mm-hmm. and she goes on about how she used to have a shrine to Liam Gallagher and I almost did the same as well because for years like my the guys that I like were like you know you're Richie Malik and very sensitive but then I mean when Liam came along I was like God, you know what you, you can't deny that's some good looking that's a good looking guy but also a insane guy and I think you know he doesn't get a lot of credit for the absolute genius of his interviews his interviews I mean that's the problem with Oasis now the Gallagher brothers they're great at interviews and they're colourful and they're hilarious in interviews but that colourful and hilarity doesn't translate to the music the The music yes. is leaden it's like this is the thing. you know yeah. daddy's sauce like yeah, it's, like, it's for, not for how, that's not a euphemism for how sharp and like on the ball Noel is with like a kind of turn of exactly. phrase it's never been it's in never. any of his songs it's just dreadful any of the songs would you argue that any of them have the importance of being idle was maybe his one. Shaker Maker is outstanding and I love Shaker Maker because it's entirely lazy. There is no effort in that song whatsoever and Liam's vocals sound like a mix between like the smash robot and Bowie, weirdly enough. Mm. It's that nasal tone that sounds like it's coming from miles away and he's right off his head. And it's just euphoric in its simplicity. I love it. I think that those first two records are undeniably quality in oh, terms yeah. of the song. I mean, they had a lot of great songs, just terrible lyrics. Um, oh, without, without a doubt, yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, part of it as well, when you saw some of the live concert footage, and, I mean, shit, I've been to enough fucking rock gigs in the past few years. When you saw some of the concert footage there, you were just like, are the crap lyrics part of the reason why 100,000 people can pack into a field and yeah, never can so. scream this back at the top of their voices. They're like, drunken, lull- they're they're like drunken lullabies or something. Or Precisely, yeah. 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 And if there's a little saying? more emotional engagement. The audience? Is that what you're saying? Because it's a predominantly working class audience that they can't connect to any music that's actually serene. No, no not at all. But that if you connect to music like that, then you can't it, bellow it at the top of your lungs yeah. in but a field with 999,000 other people. I think they have a visceral connection. That's different. Like That's different from saying that you know oh it's because their lyrics are trite that people connect with them I think it's because it struck a chord something like Rock and Roll Star really did strike, strike a chord with a lot of working class people at the time and I, and I think that's sure, really valid sure and I valid. think cigarettes and alcohol exactly, as well is another like, perfect so, example of that but I think you know it's like uh, football chanting or something it's about you yeah. know commu- common ground and like the Stone yeah. Roses had that as well yeah. Like, and I think you know it, it's not a case of slagging off the audience more than oh, just no. saying when not, a, not at all but it's the same reason why like you don't find football chants that are sort of like you know Shakespearean sonnets adopted to rhythm it's well, yeah, I think your point simple nursery be, like, rhymes Noel Gallagher is such an amazing kind of like melody writer or knicker occasionally <laughs> but he's just so devoted to getting that kind of idea of his melodies out that he's not going to ruin how they scan with kind of fitting in lyrics they're, they're just literally like 
The lyrics aren't yeah, really they, important. They kept it simple. It's why, yeah. it's why Picture This sold at the Olympia three fucking nights in a row because it's kept simple. And, like, you know, that works for people who listen to the radio, I suppose. But, like, I, I mean, I guess with Oasis, I mean, did you see them at the height of their fame? I've seen them. I saw them in 95 and 96. Yeah, 95, 96, 97. Okay. Yeah. And, I mean, to even kind of expand on what you were saying earlier on, is it even that the gig and that kind of era and that kind of time and that kind of feeling isn't the same anymore? Or it's not. Like, even when you look at that footage in the documentary of The Point, mm. it looks chaotic. And it, it was chaotic. Yeah. I remember every time they used to play Bring It On Down, the place would go crazy and people would be stampeded on. <laughs> and it was like those, when, I can only imagine, it was like when people harken back to say what the Sex Pistols gigs were like or anything like that. It had this tension and violence that you don't find now in because people don't care anymore because music is just like a commodity now and it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, it's it's not it's not life and I don't think it's it's that it's in people young people's lives the way it was. And I hate to sound like an old person there, but like it, I don't feel no, that because I, that's fair. Um, everything's gone to the wall. Like they don't care enough like you know, the, if you look, as I say, like the music press, if you look at something like the enemy, it's it's actually disgraceful that it's just gone to this terrible free sheet that, yeah. you know, has no context or no emotion to it. No phones as well, no social media. You know, you have to actually live live in the moment. Um, yeah. Okay, so I guess to kind of wrap it up, a quick general question for Oasis. Uh, important band? I think we can agree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I a mean, good band? Yeah, for... On, on the In terms of, like, you know, on the music, on the quality, on the releases. For... Yeah, I think they've maybe 20 songs that are just pretty undeniably special, even if they're kind of, you know, Trogs-esque, kind of just nicking old riffs. But they had a magic. They certainly had Trogs reference on the show. (laughs) And what's what's more, it should be be said that in terms of making them look like an excellent band, this documentary probably does a good job by cutting in 96. Yeah. That's mm. the thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. At one point, yeah. I was like, I didn't know that I was going. Granted, they start with Nightbirth, and I was like, okay, we're going to get there. But I, 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 I wasn't sure if they were going to go beyond that. And then at one point, I was like, I was only about ten minutes left. Okay, they're not going to bother with any of the. Yeah, it's just forget. Be here now existed. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's the documentary. It's Supersonic by Oasis. You can... It's out of cinemas now, I think, perhaps? I think it was yeah. a very limited release, yeah. I'm sure yeah. the DVD thing will happen. Yeah. We all went to the cinema. To we all, it. yeah. <laughs> we had a lovely evening out. <laughs> Should have talked about that in the preamble. Yeah. There's no time. <laughs> We're out of time. Okay, uh, well, Jen, thank you for coming in. Thank you. Very much appreciated. Uh, round of applause. Thanks. Our, our, our awful round of applause. Thank you guys as well. Cheers. No thank round you. of applause for either. <laughs> okay. Fuck off. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Uh, okay, so uh, my name is Dave Hanrady. This has been No Encore, you know the drill. To play us out this week, uh, a band called That Snake with two A's in the name, so I'm not even going to bother trying to do the thing. Uh, they describe themselves as a recessionary degenerate rock combo, much like the Gallagher brothers, perhaps, from County Mayo, uh, where Mother Gallagher is from. Mother Gallagher, it may sound like a fucking cult leader. <laughs> Do you know her really well? <laughs> <laughs> they play erratic, noisy, slacker post-punk session music and hate your freedom. They enjoy playing in dive bars, squats and derelict buildings. A uh, new EP is out called In the Court of the Baby King. It's a compilation of their first two. So let's have a track from that. This is called Go Bricker. My name is Dave Hanrady. I've already done the outro. See you next week.
HPN, the Headstuff Podcast Network. See headstuff.org for more details. Uh, been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.